Welcome back, my AGP fam. It is your host, as always, Ricky Gray Jr., and it's time to hop back on that NFL free agency carousel. Now, this week, we've got a ton of things to cover, mainly the Antonio Brown trade, but there's some other news around the league that I'm super excited to share with you guys. Also, at the end of this episode, you will get the information on the giveaway, so stick around, pick your horse and saddle up. I'm Ricky Gray Jr., and this is All Good Points. Now, let's get to it. Okay, so first up on the list is Danny Amendola. Now, he has signed with the Lions for a one-year, $4.5 million contract. Honestly, this is a win-win situation for both parties, to be completely honest with you guys. The Lions get a solid wide receiver to pair with Marvin Jones Jr., and Danny gets to join a team that has started their rebuilding process. He's not stuck in Miami or anything like that anymore, where he has to deal with who's going to be his quarterback or anything like that. Like He knows what he's getting into. Um, the Lions also signed Romeo Aquara to a two-year extension. Um, now, Detroit and the NFC North has had a kind of like a bad run the last couple of years. They've been at the bottom of the division. They finished 6-10 and 10 last year. Um, they are in the process of a massive kind of overhaul and uh, rebuild, which is something that's positive and should never be looked at as negative. And I tell people this all the time. When it comes to a rebuild... Yes, is your team going to suck for a couple of years? Sure, that's it, but it's par for the course. If they're during or if they're in the process of rebuilding a team or going through uh, salary cap issues or something like that to where they can't sign a whole lot of players, it's going to happen. You're not necessarily going to have a team that's going to the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl, going to championship games. You're not going to have that during that process. So, Right now, the Lions are in a very, very uh, good situation because they're bringing in a wide receiver um, that is another person for Matthew Stafford to throw to besides Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay. Um, and then along with that, they have a great running back in on Johnson. Um, the only thing that I didn't really like was that they let go of TJ Lang, which I thought was a really, really solid offensive lineman. Um, he's had some... Uh, He's had some issues as of late, but that's that's normal. As far as offensive linemen go, if if you guys are confused as to why offensive linemen kind of have these issues and troubles, it's because they're getting banged up every play. Um, you can't be in that position and stay 100% healthy all the time. The guys that do are anomalies. The guys that do are um, peculiar situations where they're able to stay healthy for that long. That's not something that's normal. A lot of times when it comes to offensive line, they have injuries. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. Um, you guys know that much about me. So when it comes to accepting some of the things that happen as far as the offensive line go, you have to put everything into perspective. These guys are getting banged up. They're they're very, very large guys, so their joints aren't very good, which is why a lot of them go out with like leg injuries. That's 90% of what offensive linemen get put down with is, is a leg injury. That's the way that that goes sometimes. But as far as uh, the move to pick up Danny Amendola for um, for the Lions, I'm giving them a B plus on this. They got a C on ESPN.com. They got a C on that. And it was kind of confusing because I was like, okay, well, maybe they were thinking like, like maybe ESPN.com was thinking they should have went after like a Cole Beasley type. But you have to think Danny Amendola was like the prototype Julian Edelman before Julian Edelman kind of came into his own. That's what Danny Amendola was for the Patriots. Um, now, you could argue with me and tell me that it's a system that makes those wide receivers that good in New England. You're not wrong. Uh, you're not necessarily wrong. But at the same time, um, you have to realize that there is a kind of 
there's kind of a way about Danny Amendola because he was good in Miami. And if you're good in Miami, just like Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry was great in, in Miami, and we'll get to some Jarvis Landry stuff later, but he was good in a place where it's not easy to be good at. Um, and that's something special in its own. So I'm actually really excited to see how Danny plays out over there. Fingers crossed that he does really good. Um, another thing that I want to talk about real quick before we take a uh, quick little cut is the Bucks have sent uh, Deshaun Jackson back to Philly. Now, they did, however, have the option to not trade or release him and keep him through the 2019 season. But that relationship was so kind of tarnished um, that they felt it would be better to let him go. I do not disagree with them. Um, when it comes to uh, relationships and things like that, as far as teams go, you have to understand when you just cannot reel a person back in. Um, so 100% agree with the trade to Philly. And then on Philly's side, it was smart for them to get him back. Uh, with the Alshon Jeffrey issue that they had in the playoffs last year, it's going to be good for them to have another another wide receiver for Carson Wentz now because Nick Foles got sent to the Jaguars. Um, it's going to be good for Philly to have somebody for Carson to go to that is a quick um, wide receiver. Um, he can run slant routes. He can run uh, the deep ball. He can run uh, crossing routes. He can run fades. He can run posts. He's a very, very good route runner. But along with that, he's very fast. So you do have a, a smart move on the Bucks part for, you know, letting him go. And you have a smart move on Philly for, you know, kind of pursuing that deal and, and trying to bring Deshaun Jackson back. Smart move on both parts. Um, I love the move. I love the way that it works. Uh, the only thing that I can say real quick, and I won't dive too much into this, is that Philly is running into an issue of their own. And that issue is the Carson Wentz dilemma. Now, Carson kind of took the NFL by storm for a minute, and then he started getting plagued with these kind of injuries, which is what kind of prompted the Nick Foles era, era and the resurgence of the value of a backup quarterback and why you need to have one that can, that can do the kind of things that Nick Foles did. Because Nick Foles is not a backup quarterback. If you see the way that he plays, he's not a backup quarterback. He's heading over to the Jaguars. Now, I can tell you that he's probably going to look like a backup quarterback playing for the Jaguars. That is not because of the skill or the talent of Nick Foles. That is due to the Jaguars just being really, really bad. That's just, it's just a fact. The Jaguars' linchpin is Leonard Fournette. If Leonard Fournette stays healthy, then the Jaguars can do good. But if not, they're going to have some issues. And I don't think Nick Foles is the be-all, end-all for the Jaguars' issues. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk about a couple more things. Okay, so the next thing up on the list is Eric Weddle heading to the Rams. Two-year deal worth as much as $12.5 million with $5.25 million guaranteed. Now, they let go of the Rams, let go of LaMarcus Joyner, Joyner, Jesus, probably he's going to be testing that free agency market. I actually think he got picked up um, already, but I don't necessarily know who he got picked up by. That's on me, guys. Got to do more research. Apologize for that. I actually, real quick, I think that just happened recently, so don't judge me on that, right? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, I don't want to see the DMs going, ha you didn't know who LaMarcus Joyner went to. Shut it, okay? Just shut it. Anyways, Eric Weddle is going to be filling a much-needed role in the Rams secondary. Now, his 2018 stats weren't great. He only had 54 tackles, but he's a pretty solid um, coverage safety. Um, and speaking of safeties, let's talk to talk about um, Andrew Sendejo. He is headed 
to free agency as well. Now, that's actually really good for a lot of teams um, because a lot of teams need a safety desperately, okay? So it's a smart move on the Vikings part, one, um, because they have Anthony Harris and it frees up some cap room. Andrew is definitely going to be finding a home. I could see him going to Cincinnati. He could end up going to Oakland, uh, maybe even San Francisco. You know what? I actually think Oakland signed LaMarcus Joyner. So... There we go. Look, I figured it out. Ha, ha, ha. You guys, here's the thing. You didn't think I was going to figure it out, did you? You didn't think that I was going to come to some sort of epiphany and figure out where LaMarcus Joyner went. Ha, I'm saying it right now. He went to the Raiders. If I'm wrong about that, guess what? Oh, well, you have to deal with it now. It's out there in the ether. Anyways, um, so Andrew's going to find a home. Uh, I would see Cincinnati being one because Cincinnati lost uh, George Iloka um, last year. So I could see Andrew Sandejo going there. Um, another thing that happened that was kind of interesting, not really, uh, was the Vikings terminated Mike Rimmer's contract and sent him away, sent him packing real quick. Not a bad move on the Vikings part. I know a lot of people are thinking Vikings need as many offensive linemen as they can get. They're plagued by injuries. They're plagued by bad kickers. They're plagued by this and by that and by, by, uh, quarterbacks that, you know, don't f- fulfill their side of the bargain. Um, one, do not blame Kirk for the bad play, okay? That's not all on him. Um, there's more people that go into quarterback play than just the quarterback. I'm sorry. I know I've touched on that before, but I have to say it again. It's not all on him. That offensive line is really, really bad and still currently to this day is really, really bad. But they did they did terminate that contract. Um, mainly, one, free up cap space. Two, bring somebody else in. Um, three, they're trying to restructure that whole offensive line. Now, one that I am super excited about is one that I called and you guys didn't believe that I called it. You guys, you know, you sit there, you listen and you're like, oh, this guy probably doesn't know where people are going to go. Go back to the last episode. Listen to when I told you that Landon Collins was going to go to the Redskins. I said he's going to the Redskins. He's going to be paired with Ha Ha Clinton Dix. And that's what the Redskins are going to do with their secondary. And boom. Landon Collins goes to the Washington Redskins on a six-year, $84 million contract. Guess what? Landon Collins deserves it. Happy for him. Couldn't be more happy for him. Um, Can't wait to see him play for the Redskins. Um, The Redskins do have a lot of work to do, though. Um, They picked up Case Keenum. I don't think Case Keenum is going to be their starting quarterback by the time the season starts. If he is... Good on him. If he wins that quarterback battle, good on him. But I do see them trying to either move up in the draft to get like a Drew Locke or a Will Greer. I could see that happening. So kind of keep your eyes out for that. Um, The Patriots picked up Michael Bennett in a trade with Philly. Good move on the Pat side, picking up a good edge rusher, and they can use him in rotation so he doesn't get burnt out too quickly. Uh, Back to the the Nick Foles dilemma in Jacksonville. I kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. Nick Foles is going to do okay in Jacksonville. So I'm going to like kind of tailor to fantasy a little bit. Um, so if you were like high on Nick Foles while he was playing for the Eagles, I would, I would say that it's probably not a good idea to draft him until, or maybe pick him up in free agency because one, I don't think everybody's going to be too high on drafting him anyways, um, in your fantasy rounds. So maybe see how he does with his first couple of games in Jacksonville before you pull the trigger and say, let's draft him. Um, So there's that. Uh, Latavius Murray went to the Saints. Um, 
he ended the Mark Ingram era in New Orleans. Uh, it's it's sad to see Mark Ingram go, but at the same time, I do want to see Latavius Murray do well. And I do think that the Saints will be able to give him a home where he's not necessarily always sharing carries with somebody. The thing is, I guess the interesting side of that is he's going from sharing carries with Dalvin Cook to sharing carries with Alvin Kamara. Now, the interesting thing, the interesting thing there is Dalvin was missing games for his last two seasons, his rookie season and last season. He's he's been missing games. So Latavia saw a lot of those carries. Alvin Kamara hasn't missed too much time. So I still think his workload is going to be about even. Um, I don't see him like he's not going to win a starting spot over Alvin Kamara. He's also not going to get as many receiving yards because Alvin Kamara is going to take up the workload significantly. Um, but I am happy to see him go to a more, um, I'd say a more stable home where, uh, where maybe he gets a little bit more recognition and sure. When his years are up in new Orleans, maybe another team signs him. You never know. That's the thing about the NFL. You never really know what's going to happen. The saints could pull out some weird trade kind of thing too. So you, you really never know. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, another Vikings player went over to Cleveland I'm, you know what? I'm going to circle back around to that. I'm going to circle back around to that because I have a special like Cleveland thing. So I'm just going to circle back around to that. Cole Beasley and John Brown both went to the Bills. The Bills are stacked at the wide receiver position. They have Zay Jones, John Brown, and Cole Beasley. That is a strong receiving core. That is a scary receiving core. Now, circling back to fantasy, out of those three, who would you pick? The, I I still think that the number one person to pick in that group is Zay Jones because he has a strong relationship with Josh Allen. Now, I would skip over John Brown and be like, no, he's probably not going to see the ball as much as Cole Beasley. So if you get to that point where you need like a wide receiver and he's kind of just going to be on the bench, Cole Beasley is probably not a bad idea because he's going to be playing that slot position. Josh Allen will be able to see him a lot more. Um, quick routes. And the thing about Cole Beasley is he can extend a play with his legs. He's got a great yards after catch ratio. Um, so definitely look into that if you're playing fantasy or if you're planning out ahead for fantasy, I would say look out for Cole Beasley. If you're drafting a wide receiver from Buffalo first though, number one, Zay Jones, you got to go with it. All right. So Cleveland, okay. Cleveland. I've been waiting to talk about Cleveland for a long time, and I'm happy that I'm sharing this with you guys. Cleveland is going to be nasty, okay? That offense is stacked. Real quick, I'm just going to rattle off some names for you. Tell me if you've ever heard of them. Number one, at quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Two, running back, Nick Chubb. Number, the, the Basically, the number two running back, Duke Johnson Jr. The chance of Kareem Hunt coming back from a suspension, okay? Now let's move on to tight end, David Njoku. Let's move on to wide receiver with this this crazy thing that happened. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. End of story, okay? The Browns offense is going to be nasty. If if you if you are searching for a team, if you're out there, I'm just going to speak to my fans for a second. If you are out there and you're searching for a team, Cleveland Browns, now is the time to get on that bandwagon because if it's too late, if it's too late, if the time passes, Everyone's going to be calling you a bandwagoner. I'm just going to let you know that now. So you can jump on the ship right now and ride with them 
or you can just wait until it's too late and you look like every other Golden State fan that's out there. The interesting thing is, I'm just going to parallel those two really quick. Golden State was ass for a very, very long time. Excuse my French, but Golden State was ass for a long time. And then, boom, Steph Curry. Boom, Clay Thompson. Boom, Draymond Green. Championship. Boom, Kevin, Gar- Kevin Durant. Another championship. You... This is what the Browns are doing. The Browns sucked for a very long time. Oh, here comes Baker Mayfield. Here's Nick Chubb. Here's Jarvis Landry. Here's David Njoku. Wow, the Browns win a bunch of games, more games than they've won in like the last six years. Oh, who can we add to that? Guess who? Odell Beckham Jr. And now everybody's sitting around going, wait, are the Browns serious? Number one right now. I'm telling you guys this. I'm giving you guys like a little insider look into what I'm going to be doing. The second that the lines come out in Vegas, which is where I live, I will be putting a hundred to maybe $200 on the Browns over if their win ratio, if their win to loss ratio is at nine. If that, if, if it's at nine, I am taking that over almost, almost close to saying if it's at 10, I'm going to take that over. The Browns are going to be nasty this year. I could see them actually going to the playoffs. I could see them kind of going deeper into the playoffs unless they have to play the Chiefs or the Patriots. The Browns are not going to be a team to mess with. Just want to let you know. You know what? If you don't believe me, let me tell you about the defense really quick. Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, okay? They have Bodie Calhoun as one corner. This is this is not a team that's going to be trifled with. So... You can you can join now. You can say, "Hey, look, Cleveland is my second favorite team." You can do that. I'm, I'm free pass. I'm giving you a free pass saying Cleveland is your second favorite team. Real quick, guys, I got to thank some ads or thank some sponsors, Jesus Christ. I'm going to thank some sponsors and then we're going to talk about that AB trade, baby. Allow me to paint a quick picture for you. You're getting ready to head out to the gym. You've got your pre-workout ready. You've got your protein sitting there, but uh-oh. You don't have a gym shaker. I've got a solution for you. Hit up gymshakers.ca, enter promo code AGPPOD at checkout for free shipping so you can get some of the coolest shakers that are out there on the market. Remember, gymshakers.ca, promo code AGPPOD at checkout for free shipping. Now, I'm just saying, you don't want to look like the guy that's got the water bottle with the pre-workout, all right? You got to look legit. That's why you need a gym shaker. So go to gymshakers.ca. Enter promo code AGPPOD at checkout so you can get shaken, baby. You got to be shaken. You got to shake it all the time, all right? Let's get back to the show. And we're back. So here's the thing. I know you guys were waiting for this, all right? Antonio Brown is heading to the Raiders in exchange for a third and fifth round pick. Brown gets $30 million guaranteed. Now, Everybody and their mom is saying that the Steelers lost on this deal, but let me explain why they did not. The Steelers now have 10 draft picks, okay? They still have Vance McDonald, Juju, Jesus Christ, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, and can make some move in the free agency to sign another wide receiver, like Tavon Austin, maybe Michael Crabtree, maybe Randall Cobb. Here's the thing, the Steelers have options, but what they did do, Okay, they got rid of a cancerous locker room where one particular player was bad mouthing one other particular player on that team. Now, the reason why that is dangerous is because it sets a bad precedent, right? It kind of sets you up to be in a situation that is 
not beneficial from a PR standpoint, okay? So the one thing that you don't want is bad publicity. And I know what they say is like, you know, bad press is still good press or, or bad press is still press, whatever. Um, but at the same time, there is a or there was a serious issue going on between Ben and Anthony, and Antonio Brown. Now, Ben, whatever issues he had with Antonio was, I guess, maybe in between them. But it didn't end up that way, right? Everything kind of leaked. All the dirty laundry got put out there. Antonio Brown was on LeBron James's show, The, the Shop, and he was kind of bad-mouthing the way that Ben throws the ball. The problem is... Big Ben is like a national treasure in Pittsburgh. So that bad publicity isn't good for really anybody. Um, And for him to go on a show and do something like that is kind of like a slap in the face. Now, let me just tell you the play that Antonio Brown was doing. Antonio Brown, with his bad mouthing of his team and his coach and his quarterback, drove down his his, um, trade stock, right? So that's the way... So. If you think of it like a like the New York Stock Exchange, okay, um, if something just drives down their trade stock, who does it inevitably fuck over? It fucks over the person that's trying to get rid of the stock. In that situation, it is the Steelers, which means anybody that buys that stock has to like will be able to pay pennies on the dollar for it, right? So he did that intentionally to drive down his own stock to where he would fuck over the Steelers in a deal and they would get something like a third and fifth round draft pick for him while he still gets to go and kind of name his price as far as guaranteed money goes. He's getting $30 million of guaranteed money. That's crazy. So is it a smart move on Antonio Brown's part? I guess, sure. If that's the way that you play the game, I understand that you're looking out for yourself. You got to look out for yourself and your family. Uh, You don't want to be in that situation anymore. You don't want to deal with that quarterback anymore. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. I'll leave that alone. But it sets a bad precedent for the NFL itself because it turns players to being this kind of like mass controller of the way that it goes. All of that stuff that he said about Ben could be false, okay? We didn't even we didn't even think about that because we automatically think because of Ben's history, he's a bad person. He's 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 an awful guy. Don't get me wrong. I am not siding with Ben in his previous, you know, issues. I'm not siding with him on that. I'm going on record as saying that I I do not agree with any of the stuff that Ben Roethlisberger did um up until this point in his past and things like that. But when it comes to this situation with Antonio Brown, we didn't even think to ask the question like, okay, well, maybe Antonio is just kind of like making up this story. Like maybe he's kind of painting this picture that Ben Roethlisberger is this monster that, you know, yells at him and tells him a whole bunch of different stuff. That's not, we don't know because we're not there. We're not in the locker room. We're not in the practice facility. We don't go to games with them. We're not on the field with them. We don't know. Okay. But what he did do inevitably was drive down his draft or his trade stock to mess with whatever the Steelers would get in return for him. Now he goes over to the Raiders. Okay. So he had an issue with one, although he might not say it, he had an issue with not getting the ball. Okay. Juju was getting all of the attention. Why did Juju? So if you're a fan, if you're a fan like I am, and that's why this podcast exists is for the fans. If you're a fan like me, 
why did Juju not get the ball? Think of it from an analyst, or why did Antonio Brown not get the ball, right? Think of it from an analyst point of view. Think of it as if you were a bird in the sky watching the game. If they double cover Antonio Brown, who's going to get the next look? It's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster, and after that, it's going to be Vance McDonald, which were the two guys that were getting most of the looks from Ben. That had nothing to do with Antonio Brown. That had to do with coverage. That is defensive coverage. Now, he's going over to play for the Raiders. Who other? What other receiver do the Raiders have that is that much of a threat? The answer, real quick, short answer, no one, okay? So since the answer is no one, one, sure, they can draft. Sure, they could pick up a DK Metcalf, right? They could do something like that. DK Metcalf is a rookie. You have no idea what he's going to do. So since you don't know what he's going to do, what are you going to do? You're going to double cover Antonio Brown. So you double cover him, say, just for just for shits and giggles, DK Metcalf gets drafted to the Raiders. They're going to throw to DK Metcalf. What ends up happening? Antonio Brown, yet again, complaining about not getting the ball. Then he wants to complain about the quarterback that he has. I can tell you right now, Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback than Derek Carr as of late, okay? Derek Carr has had bad seasons, some really, really bad seasons. I don't think he's responding well to the way that John Gruden coaches. That's just me. Now, could the Raiders go out and draft a quarterback? Yeah, sure they could. They could end up benching Derek Carr. We don't know that. But does that next quarterback have a good relationship with Antonio Brown? Is he going to try to force the ball to Antonio just to make Tonio happy? The answer is no. Or at least the answer is he shouldn't, because if you force the ball, what's going to happen? Interceptions galore. And then they're going to be benching another quarterback, and the Raiders are going to be going through this whole cycle of drama all over again. There's the thing about the Raiders, though. They enjoy drama. They have no problems with drama. So the situation still lies with Antonio Brown not getting the ball, or getting more attention from defenses to where he doesn't put up the same stats that he did before. Is Antonio Brown a great wide receiver? Of course he is. You will never hear me say that Tony Two-Tap or Tony Toe-Tap isn't a great wide receiver. He is. He's a wonderful wide, wide, wide receiver. Crap. He, he runs routes really, really well. Okay. He's any Anytime the ball is anywhere near the sideline, he's coming down with it. Contested catches, he's got him. He's a great wide receiver, Hall of Fame level wide receiver, but his answer is not in Oakland. His temporary answer is in Oakland, but why? Why? Why is his answer currently Oakland? Because all he wanted to do was fuck over the Steelers and make his money, and that's exactly what he did because people bought into it. That's It's sad, but it's true. That's the way that things work sometimes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, with the way that things go, we side with the players very frequently, okay? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. All I'm saying is that sometimes the players aren't necessarily always right. And teams kind of get fucked over because of it. This time, it was the Steelers. Next time, it might be your favorite team. So before you side with the player... Maybe think about what's going on with the team, okay? That's my time for this week, guys. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at All Good Points Podcast. Also, it's giveaway time, baby. So DM me your favorite part of the show to enter, and I will be picking two winners for that Adam Thielen picture with the piece of the game ball in it. I want that thing. I might end up buying one for myself. I'm kind of tempted. But I am picking two winners this week. So remember, at All Good Points Podcast, DM me so you can enter to win this month's giveaway. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm actually going to be booking some guests here pretty soon, so get excited and get pumped. I'm going to see you next time.